You're listening to Off the X with your hosts Tyler Wells, Forrest Carbajal, and Barrett Moon. Brought to you by Trinity Gunworks and Muddy Foot Outdoors. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Off the X Podcast. I'm Forrest Carvajal. Once again, we're missing one of our our crew, uh, Mr. Tyler Wells. He's out. Uh, His daughter was sick, so he got to stay home with her and make sure everything good was there. But we do have the bourbon boy, Barrett Moon, here, and our Woodnook warrior, Caleb Smith. He's back. (laughs) He's been in Florida and dog training and Mm -hmm. dealing with that new baby. World traveling. That's right. World traveling. No. No. (laughs) <laughs> and we have a special guest this week. Mr. Jonathan Morton, a.k.a. Johnny Duck Call, is in the house. Hello, hello. Woo. What up? He ran that uh, Echo Timber pretty well in the call review. You want to tell us a little bit about it, why you like it? Well, uh, you can't go wrong with a timber. Uh, if you can blow a duck call very well, a timber, really, you could get by with that pretty much all season, to be honest, if you can blow a duck call good. But uh, I blow the breaker probably about – 80% of the time, and timber, probably the other 20%, you know, when, whenever it gets uh, stale ducks or late season. That was my next question. When do you go to the timber? It it doesn't necessarily have to be late season. It can be late season birds on the first week of season. You know what I'm saying? So right. it, it all depends on reading your birds and whatever kind of they're doing at the time. Yeah. What did y'all think about it over there? Man, I liked it. I thought it sound, I thought it sounded great. I really liked it. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I think go ahead. Give your honest review. We've got a trap. He's not going to leave. I listened to to Johnny blow it, and I kind of listened to Forrest, and Johnny blew it one way, and Forrest blew it the other, and so I'm kind of torn. I mean, home team advantage. I'm going to give it to Forrest. I like Forrest. (laughs) What? What what are you talking about? (laughs) No, when you were blowing it earlier. Oh, so I'm yeah, yeah, no, 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 here. not in the not in the review. Johnny did a phenomenal job blowing the duck call, yeah. but I, I'm partial to Forrest screaming <laughs> yeah. on him. Like I'm used to Forrest like yeah. having to plug my ears. Well, I will say that I don't blow a timber, an echo timber, very much because I can't get it very loud because my air presentation is not as good or as clean as what jonathan or what rick is i'm I've, I've always been surprised when i hear rick blow a timber i'm like i don't think the duck call supposed to get that loud but i think it's just because he puts that much clean air in the call that right. it would get that much right fuller tone uh so it sounds like we need to have a, a duck call lesson right here yeah right. right yeah we really do well, hey, so before we, we skip, have the man here to do before it. we skip over it too far explain a little bit the difference between the breaker and the uh timber well, uh, the breaker is going to have more volume, mm-hmm. so you got automatically you got more range uh, because the breaker will definitely get soft and definitely as soft as you need it. So it's kind of like carrying around a timber with the extra weight, right? So I mean, it's the same exact soundboard as the timber, just a bigger exhaust, so you get the louder and uh, get the same mellow sound that you get out of the timber, but you get more volume. Gotcha. Uh, I do like have a question. It's, it's not about the timber, but when y'all came out with the breaker and the ODB, I feel like those two calls have more rasp to them than what a typical echo does, in, in my opinion. Is that something that y'all tried to achieve when y'all made those? Definitely, yeah. Uh, just wanted a real good, deep, ducky sound yeah. out of the call. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always liked kind of that mellow tone that, that most echoes are like what I think of when I think of echo. But when y'all came out with those, I was like, that's a different sound. That's not that's not what I think of when I think of echo. Uh but no, I like it. I think what you said about it being a good, like a, a first step into a more expensive call, I oh, think yeah. that's right where that one sits, probably. Let me ask you this. So, I mean, obviously you are well-versed in the duck call world, the calls you're around every day, and you, you said the breaker is kind of your 80%, and then the, the timbers are 
what would you rate that timber in in the world of echo calls like if you were going to give it out of 10 where would where would it fall uh gotta be about a nine a i nine? mean because it, it's a solid call i mean it, like i was saying before yeah. you could use it all year round mm-hmm. the only thing that you you're lacking with it is some volume okay but a lot of times volumes can hurt you too as right. well as much as it helps you know so is the breaker a 10 i'm gonna give them both a nine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's hard a, to say something's a 10 you know no no i get it i get it yeah we've, we've never given one a 10 here I don't we, think. Won't, oh, we, we won't know, we need to give we need to actually go around the room and rate it yeah uh, we normally do I, I i think as far as the timber for me like my air presentation it's going to be somewhere similar with the breaker i'm probably going to put it somewhere around a seven for me yeah uh, just because the way i present my air right right i'm going to uh i haven't blown it but i obviously i just heard it um I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it the same thing I gave that breaker. Um, and this is eating me alive. I'm about to ask you a cut down question here in a second, but I went and I got, and I was just telling you before we started the podcast, I, uh, I went and got that breaker and I really, really liked it. So every since, cause I usually blow cut downs, you know, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, and I don't know, man, this, I don't know. You guys have kind of opened a little bit of a door for me. I, I really actually want to try that timber now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, my timber blows more like the breaker than really? most of the models that go out because right. I tune mine a little bit firmer. That way, if I pick it up and I'm trying to jump on a duck, right. I don't go over it right. ever. So, right. so I, mine is a little bit firmer on air pressure than normal run of the mill that goes out of the shop. Right. Right. What do you rate it? I was I was gonna give it an eight before yeah. you said anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's super clean. I I actually really like how quiet you got on it. How it's 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 you can articulate, which is really nice. So yeah, it looked it sounded real good. And I think you mentioned it too, as far as being like a good um, a little bit of higher end price call for someone mm-hmm. who's wanting to get into that. I've man, I've mentioned it like two or three times. But I, the thing I really like about Echo is I feel like. You can, you guys, I mean, you guys have your hundred, hundred dollar plus calls, but it's a really good call for someone who's like, you know, maybe a beginner or maybe a little bit of higher of a beginner. I feel like to go into, you know, your hundred dollar calls. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, especially how, cause you guys are located right here in central Arkansas too. So. Yes, sir. And is there a reason that both of those calls on your lanyard over there are acrylic? Yes. I love wood and wood by far is the closest realistic sound to a duck to me. I mean, the mellow tone that comes out of them, but I have, I don't know if it's the competition collar in me or, but the variances that they have, the little bits, I, I just, it annoys me. So I, I can't, and I hunted with a uh, green bold art breaker last year that I cut and I cut it a little bit uh, firmer to take a little bit more air. So when it made those changes that it wouldn't get as, you know, have, the issues that some wood calls do have. So, uh, and I hunted with it quite a bit last year, yeah. but I still tend to always end up taking the wood off and putting the acrylic back right. on. <laughs> Just because the consistency's there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. I, I've talked to a lot of people, and they just prefer the acrylics. A uh, little more versatile sound, a uh, lot less care yeah. <laughs> what a and wood you, call's going to take. Yeah, because uh, a wood call, uh, if you do not take it apart every day, when you get through hunting with it, it's going to swell and get stuck. And eventually, if you continue to leave it that way, it's going to crack. I mean, yep. it's just pressure. What what wood would be your favorite? Like, if you had to pick one wood to make a duck call out of, what would you pick? Probably, as far as sound. As far as sound, yeah. Probably Coca-Bola. Coca-Bola. 
And the reason being, it's a really hard wood, not to mention it's very, very pretty, but it has natural oils in the, in the wood, so it kind of tends to, you know, compete with the moisture issue somewhat. Right. right. I've, I've had some coca bola calls, and for some reason, they always, I've never got them to sound exactly right. I don't know what it is. Like I've uh, the ones that I've had the most success with success with is African black wood and Bodark. Those two have been kind of my two that I have been more consistent for me. I will say that African black wood is the hardest. It's harder than Coca Bola, uh, and it's got a really true good sound to it. Yeah. Uh, that so that would be up there with the Coca Bola too. <laughs> I didn't think about that one at the time. All right now. Go back to over here to this cut this cut down question. Oh, Did yeah. you have a cut down so, question? I know you guys started um, running a production cut down not too long ago. What's your take on the whole cut down situation? Because I noticed you didn't mention it. I'm a little hurt here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was talking to him uh, before we got started. I carry one in my bag. I have a ace in a hole mm-hmm. uh, 2.0 in my bag, and I have a poly cut down. And I have used the poly cut down a lot more so than the ace in a hole. Uh, because to me the eight or the poly cut down is more in between your traditional cut down and a j frame right because it's the way we manipulated the reed and cut it and tuned it you're kind of getting a little bit of both worlds because you can get soft you got that mellow sound but you still got the pop if you want to make it pop right so i typically if i grab my cut down out it's going to be the poly right right and i have times where i use it uh but i just once again i was talking about the contest caller in me the precision that you have to run a J-frame with as far as air and throat being open, whenever I go to a cut down, it kind of feels like regression. Gotcha, I don't mean yes. that in a bad right. way. It, it's just, mm. you know, so it it the mechanics of running those are totally different as running a regular J-frame and especially like a competition call. I got you. I heard you're saying. I've, I've blown the poly echo before. I think it was right when they first came out with it. I really liked it. It yeah. was the first cut down that I blew that I thought, okay, I could I could use one of these. I right. never actually went out and bought one right. <laughs> because I'm just not a cut down person. But right. they're, what, 45 Yeah, 44 95 Okay, I mean, that's a really easy way to get into cut down calls. Yeah. Right. Three easy payments of forty four ninety five. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hurry now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Call today. Yeah. But wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, let's dig into it. So we know that you you are the 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 duck call person. Like we understand that, and there's no argument here. How did you get to this point? I I want to know where did Jonathan Morton start? Where where did that story begin, and how did we end up to where you're at today? Man, a buddy of mine. As far as I got into duck hunting. uh my family, my dad didn't duck hunt, and I lived literally a mile and a half from uh, Claypool mm-hmm. Reservoir mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. most of my life. Didn't even know it was down there. Now, my dad's friends were all farmers and did all the duck hunting stuff and would invite him to go, but he never would go. And Anyway, long story short, uh, a friend of mine said, man, why don't you go duck hunting with us? I'm like, all right. So I went and tried it. It was early uh, teal season fell in love with it we shot our limits that morning and i'm just like man where have i been missing you know yeah so then the addiction started so i just learned as much and as i could about it and then just kept i think my first call that i ever bought was a uh, sure shot uh, i think it's a black magic or a, it one of those black calls yeah yeah that was my first call too that was the first one i ever bought so anyway, I tried that and started with that, and then I went from that to a PSO 
D2, not the cut down, just the D2. And that's I hunted with that all the way up until probably 2003 or so. And then uh, the same buddy that got me into duck hunting, I was living in Illinois at the time. Uh, loved every minute of it. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, there wasn't a lot of ducks there, and so I had to learn how to blow a, a Canada call and uh, ended up getting a few spots where I could shoot some ducks. And competition calling was something that I was always kind of interested in and would see it, you know, and seen a few world videos and clips and stuff. And my buddy, he's like, man, he's like, I'm getting in a competition call. And I said, oh, really? I was like, well, how are you going to learn how to do it? He's like, well, I'm going down to BB to meet Rick Dunn and, you know, uh, get a competition call. He's like, he makes echo calls. And I'm like, who's Rick Dunn and who's echo calls? <laughs> I honestly didn't know. So anyway, long story short, he, he goes down there and starts going to Tuesday night practices. And uh, I'm coming down for a summer. This is probably about – Mm, two months after this conversation and he's like you're gonna be here for a week aren't you i said yeah he said you need to ride down there with me i said deal so anyway showed up down there ended up buying a competition call that night <laughs> got hooked and uh ended up moving back to arkansas a month later and then i started coming to the practices and i was like i love this you know uh i want to do this this is awesome and at my struggle was uh hell calls believe it or not i could not get tone it took and, me forever oh, it was miserable i it got to a point like it was me and about four other people in the class at the time everybody was advancing at this point you know after being there for a while and i was stuck in this rut and i was just like man maybe i can't do this you know so i literally called down to the shop one day because i didn't want to waste other people's time you know as yeah. well as rick's time so i called him i was like mr rick i was like i need to know something he's like what's that i said everybody else is advancing i said i feel like i'm just stuck in this rut right now and my buddy he has natural talent on the duck call and he's like well he said i'll be straight honest with you he said your buddy that comes to class has the most talent in the class on the duck call he said but you got the most heart he said if you'll stick with it he said i think you'll do good he said, but you got to stick with it. And long story short, I stuck with it, started doing well, got out of that rut. Of course, had a few more in between there. And in the meantime, in the calling class, uh, he was real busy at the time Rick was and didn't have enough staff. And he was working while in between listening to us routines, stamping reads or doing something. So I was like, hey, let me help you, help you out. Show me how to do these things like when I'm sitting around, and that way you can be paying attention to the callers, and I'll be helping you out, you know. So he had shown me one thing this Tuesday, and the next Tuesday he had shown me something else. And ended up I learned a lot of stuff on Tuesday nights besides blowing a duck call. Right. So long story short, I got laid off at work, and I said, hey, I said, I would absolutely love to work down here. Is there any possibility I could? He's like, well, I can't pay you enough to – justify driving that far how far know? were you driving uh, he's driving from illinois man <laughs> no, no not that time. <laughs> no he moved back to arkansas <laughs> i was asleep over there <laughs> that's funny but, i was living in truman at the time so it was 101 miles one way from my door to his door and uh 100 miles one way yeah Oof. 101 every day so he's like i can't pay you enough to 
to even justify you to come to work for me. I said, you let me worry about that. I said, if you'll just give me a job, I said, we'll work together. And uh, he's like, well, for I, I can hire you for part-time for sure. He said, if you want to work. So anyway, I was working part-time. And it got to be closer to duck season. I started in September, so it was uh, December at the time. And he's like, now, we usually get slow, you know, right after January, like after Christmas in January. He's like, so I don't know if I'll be able to keep you on, you know, so just so you know. Anyway, long story short, I I guess he's seen something in me and anyway, and I, I worked hard and uh, always kept busy and got stuff done and ended up he couldn't let me go, I guess, kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> and how long have you been working there now? Uh 14 years 14 what's your main role i tune the custom calls all day long that's all i do <laughs> so you blow a duck call all day long yeah from the time i walk in to the time i walk out i'm running a mill milling machine cutting the soundboards and tuning them all day long is there one that you don't like don't like to tune yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> you want to say which one it is you don't have to no don't say it don't say it, don't say it. there's two of them there's two of it. yeah there's two of them is that because they're hard to tune or they just don't fit you no it's just i don't like tuning them i, I mean it's, it, i can blow them uh it's, it's just it's, that, it's the ones that are always out of stock on the website yeah right. <laughs> and then uh there's one that like you know the, we talked about the coca-bola wood being the prettiest and yeah. and to me it, it's one of the better sounding and better for and i'm actually allergic to coca-bola really? really yeah didn't find that out until which is crazy uh probably four and a half years of working there and we worked in a lot, lot smaller environment and anyway i was breaking out and couldn't figure out why i was going to the doctor and finally figured out i was allergic to coca-bola all of a sudden <laughs> So, so what uh, what about Bacody then? Because that's pretty similar. It, it doesn't bother me. Really? No. Huh. So who does the Coca Bola calls then? I do. You still do it? Oh yeah. I just do it <laughs> the cleanest way I can. <laughs> Tender lips to the call. <laughs> okay. I just How do you do that? I, what do you do? Uh just uh try to keep the dust down to a minimum. Okay. Um I wash my hands when I get done. Just try to be clean, vacuum, and just keep dust down to the most minimum I can. And so uh, it's the dust that bothers you. Yeah, it's well, not like actually blowing the call. Oh no, no, it's no, just no, the dust. It's just the dust. Okay, yeah. okay, well, yeah, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you tune it if, yeah, yeah. You, if you can't no. blow it? Yeah, He's it over there with, like, a, a lifetime supply of, like, Z-Packs <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be a sponsor yeah. over there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, man. No, so, so I'm curious, which – so were you born and raised in Arkansas? No. Uh, I, w- I mean, my family's from Arkansas, but I, my father and my mother moved to Lebanon, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, uh, my dad worked at a – boot uh, stitching place to call texas boot anyway he was a machine guy he fixed all the machines kept them all running all mm-hmm, the time mm-hmm. and my mom was a rn so she was working at the hospital over there anyway um we lived there until i was about two and a half my mother ended up getting really really bad sick and basically was about to die uh when my sister was being born and she was actually born premature they both almost died wow. anyway the stint of them being in the hospital for as long as they were and mm-hmm. all the stuff she ended up losing her job, of course, and then my dad trying to be there with her. Long story short, they lost everything and had to move back okay. because of wow. that. So yeah, okay. that's wow. rough. That's yeah, rough to yeah. Get through. I was just curious. I was curious at how you wound up in Arkansas and then and moved out. So I lived in 
Harrisburg mm-hmm. all the way up until, let's see, I was 15, and then we moved to the Truman area. But okay. I still went to school at Harrisburg, even okay. though we moved over there. And I lived there for the majority of my time. And then just in 2014, of course, moved to BB to get closer yeah. to work. Right. right. Hmm. And so you've only, you've only been in BB for six, seven years. Yeah, yeah not long. Wow. So how long did you have to work there before you got to go hunting with Rick? uh it was two years two years i what was it like the first hunt did you want to blow your duck call when you were with rick i wouldn't want to do it i'd leave my duck call i didn't want to blow it much i can tell you that uh yeah i was nervous now as far as being able to go it was like awesome yeah Uh, because you know when i first was coming of course seeing the videos the dvds and like but after a while, he was just like Rick. He's he's a friend, you know. So it, it all that kind of went away. But then whenever we got to go out in the woods, got the camera equipment out, and you know, yeah, it, it, it was pretty awesome the first one. I'll <laughs> never forget it for sure. And my calling was pretty much pitiful the first time. Yeah, <laughs> how'd y'all do? Oh, we we limited out. Smoked them. Yeah. Pri- public or private? Public. Public. Yeah. Where else? Uh, <laughs> where at? <laughs> I'll drop you. I drop you a pin. Right. Okay. Right. It's after, not going after we're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a Walmart it. parking yeah. lot, right? <laughs> yeah, you got it. It's the Echo parking lot, <laughs> Cracker Barrel, yeah. right? It's comedy, uh, comedy club. Oh yeah, <laughs> take your jokes yeah. in there. <laughs> so, what, what would you say you're more passionate about? Uh, calling, duck calling, competition calling, or just duck hunting in general? Duck hunting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Is there like a specific scenario you prefer? Do you flooded timber or absolutely flooded timber? I'd rather shoot two mallards in the flooded timber as five hundred anywhere oh, else. My right. man, yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Is mallard your favorite duck? Yeah. Are you a uh, mallard purist? Uh, <laughs> hang on, let me retract that. <laughs> Good trap you here. My favorite duck to shoot is a teal. Really? Yeah. Why that? Bird. I, I, I'm guessing because that's what I started out. Okay. I, I, I just love the the way they fly. They cut. They're in and out, and just the quick shooting. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's hard to beat a backpaling mallard, though. I, I will have to admit. But. Right. Do you have a trophy bird? Not really. Not really. Uh, for a long time, it, it, I'd say early on, it was a pintail, uh, and then I've shot so many since then, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then it was a canvas back, and I've shot so many. Yeah, a few since then. That's so. ridiculous. Who invited this guy? <laughs> I don't know. I think he just showed up. The, the, the only duck that I know of in the state of Arkansas that comes and resides here that I have not shot is a golden eye. That's okay. the only one. Really? Awesome. Yeah. I shot one of those last year. No. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a drake, is a hit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's the only I, one. I want a black duck. That's that's the one that's on yeah, my same list. Here. a black duck. Ooh, yeah, that was on mine for yeah. a while. Every time we'd shoot one, uh, we'd either had to draw straws or whatnot to figure out who shot it. No one, a couple of them that I shot, but, uh, <laughs> long story short, we was uh, on a piece of public ground and it's right at shooting time. And there's these group of about 15 started working the hole and three peeled out off the 15 and was like really committed. They're like, we're getting in, you know, and the two above, and there was the bottom one, and it was a lot darker. And, I mean, it's first light. Mm-hmm. Like, it's right at shooting time. So, anyway, as soon as it comes across the treetops, I'm like, black duck. I'm like, that's a black duck. <laughs> and it makes one circle and gets down lower, and they come around and drop in. I don't say a word. Now, I'm with the camera crew. This is mm-hmm. only, like, my, at the time, third year. 
and you don't shoot no ducks unless Freddie says shoot them. <laughs> the cameraman. You, but after all the times before, guess what I did? I dropped that first. Yeah. And oh, I bet. oh yeah. yeah. And I was, they're like, "What'd you shoot for?" And I'm like, "You'll see." Yeah. And of course, they killed the other two, you know. And uh, he's like, "Well, you ain't supposed to." I said, "You know how many times I've shot into duck a black duck and I've ended up losing it? I ain't losing that. I, ain't one losing that I was right. the only one that shot that time. <laughs> I don't blame you. And, and it's on my it's on my gun safe in the shop. So if you ever come to the oh, shop, wow. that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I don't think I've paid attention, but I've probably seen it. Oh yeah, just didn't register. Well, hey, I want to uh, I want to talk about public land a little bit because we all hunt mainly public land. I'm sure a lot of our audience hunts public land. How much has it changed since that hunt with Rick in 2014? Oh, a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, back then, when we first started, you know, uh, or first not first started, I first started going with them. Um, we could get away from people, right? A, a lot more so, um, and if you got to the hole that you wanted and people knew you was in there, they wouldn't try to get around you. Right. Uh, like now, it's just, you know, everybody's trying to get as close as they can. I, I wouldn't say as close as they can, but there's not near the... The there's distance. No res- there's no respect. There's no distance the between people. The respect is yeah. what the word yeah. I was looking for. It's yeah. not near the respect for each other mm-hmm. there used to be. And that's right. that's not just with duck calling. That's in the world everywhere. It's yeah. just the society right yeah. now. You're dead on. Do you guys still do quite a bit of public hunting or kind of keep it mostly, mostly private? Last year, to be honest, was the first year that all of us as a crew never touched a foot on public ground. Really? Wow. Really? It, yeah. I thought that used to be one of Rick's like things was the, the timber videos were like always public, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Now, Rick did, he went hunting one time with him and a couple of buddies and they went to some public ground and shot like four or five. But uh, that was enough. We're going yeah, back. Yeah, he was back. <laughs> right. He, he, he was back in the duck blind with Freddie and I and uh, Dennis the next morning. He said, I'm going to let the peasants have <laughs> <Right>. this one. <laughs> I can't blame him. He's, yeah. he's paid his dues for sure. Oh, for sure. And like you said, man, it's changed so much. Like I, I think back to 2014, that was my second year of college. And that was probably my first year having a, a decent boat, like a boat I can get on the river with. And yeah, you back then, and it's, it really isn't too long ago, but back then you could get away from people pretty easy. And now, man, with it being so crowded, the big issue, I think everybody's just so rushed to get to their spot. Oh, They're yeah. so worried yeah. about others getting their hole that they don't care to cut through your hole. Mm-hmm. Got shooting hours and, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, man, I don't. I definitely don't blame y'all for. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, uh, I was talking to Rick. Uh, I think it was either today or yesterday. I told him I said that because last year was the first year since I started hunting with them too, as well. That I have not. I did not stand beside a tree last year, which really really hurt, hurt me. It hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. So I was talking to him about it. It's like. I don't care if I'm go by myself. I said, I'm going to go stand by trees next year and shoot some ducks. And he said, I hear you. And I said, matter of fact, you're probably going to go with me one of those days. He just kind of <laughs> snickered and laughed. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. That's what he yeah. was thinking. Yeah. Do you think we're going to have water? I, well, let me, let me say it. This well, way. that's a no. <laughs> I grew up in Southwest Arkansas. Did not have competitive people anywhere around us. We always got where we wanted to go. Never hunted around anybody. Never a big deal moved over here last year was the first year that i started hunting over kind of that east arkansas that <laughs> stuff and it like it was bad but we didn't really fight a lot of people like mm-hmm. i mean there was obviously people around us but there wasn't a whole lot of duck killing either so 
I just lost train of thought. Forgot where I was going. Well, um, I, another thing too, just because I basically started hunting a little bit with you guys last year, a lot of that chunk, the stuff that we were hunting last year, was fairly new compared to where everyone else is trying to go now. Uh, that's, yeah. that's where I was yeah. going. Is yeah. I don't know the water fluctuations. Yeah, yeah. Like I is. Do you get floods like once every three years, or is it a typical every year thing? Or like, man, it, it, it's—I'd say about every three, but in the last ten, it's been really different. Like last it's, ten years, yeah. Like you know, what I'm saying like it's not the ten years prior to that. You could have a gauge of it a lot better yeah, than right. these past ten years. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just it's up and down. Uh, there and, was somewhat and, of a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And now it's it's just it's sporadic now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about the the crowdedness and and the craziness as well is you know there's just not a lot of times in the the past years that uh, these problems have occurred is there's a lot less places for people to go because the water's not there. Right, right. right. So I mean, you got all the people wanting to shoot ducks and mm-hmm. don't blame them because it's a very fun sport, but you get all the people that wants to go get them and ain't got as much room as they had the year before. You know, you're still going to go out duck hunting. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, a big thing on that water level, too, is now it's like, you know, the water levels on these rivers fluctuate so much, but it's like everyone knows generally where it's going to flood out first at specific areas on the cache. Everybody piles into there to where years pass. It would, you could almost assume every other year, at least the White River would flood. You would just have so many more opportunities. But I really think, in my opinion, the big, the big water issue is that white river mm-hmm. i mean man when that when that white river comes up there's so many spots there's there's just so much ground to hunt yeah. i've heard somebody say like when the white comes up the cash stays flooded longer which oh, yeah. also oh, yeah. holds just that much more ground mm-hmm. yeah so like you said yeah. that white is that's a big deal is that mm-hmm. white river the white is so important whenever it gets out just for tons of reason for one uh, the ducks are gonna if the white is out the ducks are gonna be along it somewhere I mean, right and it it gives them places to hide and get into food to where a lot of people can't get or they don't know they're there so it spreads them out which kind of hurts the hunter but also helps in the long run you right. know what i'm saying it gets people to where they have more opportunities to go after places so the, when the white's not floated out it the state in a hole hurts very badly yeah. when the white river's mm-hmm. not out mm-hmm. for sure man for sure um i mean i got a bunch of questions so <laughs> Just because I'm curious, I feel like I've seen videos of it, but tell me how good White Oaks is. Just because everybody, obviously. Wait, you've been to White Oaks? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. invited this guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been there a couple of times. Uh, we was talking about White Oaks the other day, like if uh, we was just in the shop on lunch break talking about if we won the lottery or what duck club would you buy, and I forgot what Rick named off, and another guy named off uh, Five Oaks and – I said I would take white oaks, uh, and they're like, "Well, why?" I'm like, "Well, where I live at has one thing to come into that, mm-hmm. but he has ducks, deer, turkey, mm-hmm. fishing, everything that I would like to partake in right. every day." <laughs> so, so I definitely, and just knowing that area, and if the white gets out, like what it does. Like the ducks, it just that it area, gets stupid. It, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, especially if you have water from the white, it's out, and you have weather to push the ducks down. It, I mean, it's just a magnet for the the waterfowl. Right. Well, now, White Oaks just sold one of their properties, did they? And it had a the one with the fishing pond. I think it was the Black River one. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Did you buy it? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Negative on that, Ghost Rider. <laughs> no, I yeah, they, I saw that they had posted it, and I wanted to send it to Tyler and say, hey, did you just sell your place? Go buy this. But to answer your question, the duck hunting, that good, the years and the times I went over there, it was really good. Yeah. 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 Um, how, and I, I mean, you always hear people gripe, you know, they just want to be able to hunt places like that too. How do you feel, what do you think about, how do I want to word this? Do you think it's good for more, there to be more properties like a White Oaks, a really pristine private place? Mm, it, you can play the fifth. Well, I'll just be straightforward 100%. No. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's good for, uh, it, it's good for the person who owns it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good for drawing more ducks and letting ducks rest because the, almost all those places have rest areas right. that they don't touch. Right. And then they have times of the day, most of them that they stop. And they don't hunt anymore, right? Well, I, I I like it in the fact that I like seeing people try to do oh, yeah. something good by the ducks, but I also know how good those ducks are with their memory. Oh yeah, they're going and back. They there. know in the morning I'm here because I don't get shot at. Well, in the afternoon I'm here because I don't get shot you, at. You get online and you hear everybody complain about what's happening with the ducks. Well, it's because people have. It, We've gotten smart. Oh, yeah. We've gotten right. smart that we yeah. know that we can now make a groomed property specifically for birds. Oh, yeah. And and, and be fine. Manipulated so, exactly. to draw them in. Right. right. So, right. I mean, of course public's going to suffer. I mean, uh, you've yeah. got all. Look oh, at the there's properties. no doubt that the yeah. public land hunter suffers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that can go into a big topic, too. I don't know what all the DU properties people talk about. I know they're up there, but up in, like, Missouri and stuff. But, you know, someone's got to have, someone's got to make habitat for these ducks to sit on outside of the public hunting grounds. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I wish it would be a bigger conversation amongst, maybe on social media, maybe. So Well, I saw saw a stat, and I'll see if I can find it, but I saw a stat a few days ago, and it may have been, um, oh... A duck farmer, um, I can't remember who posted it, but the number of private properties that are now owned in the Central Flyway, oh, yeah. like it is, it's. I mean, it's astounding yeah. the number. I mean, it's it's not just tripled; it's like quadrupled the oh, number yeah. of of private properties that are specifically made for birds. Yeah, I mean, really? it's unreal. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, the point out the, the direction I was going is, I wish Game of Fish would do more. I wish they would do oh, more on their we, rest areas, we more that. grooming yeah. and whatnot, closer to these public areas. And I'll touch on something that Rick talks about all the time, like the piece of pie deal. Um, you know, you got all these private lands like you're talking about, that's a piece of pie mm-hmm. that the ducks are going to. You got all the rest areas that federal yeah. have made and then game and fish have, you know what I'm saying? There's another piece of pie where ducks go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's helping to, you know, keep the ducks for longer future times but at the same time it is hurting the duck hunter as well right right, right. and i so think it hurts us the most when there's no water oh, and and, sure. I, and i was going to touch on that about white oaks um i don't i can specifically talk about that i don't know about other hunting clubs but white oaks and private clubs like that are going to do better when it's a dry year now when the white gets out it's it's game on yeah. I, even though you know uh the public land hunter suffers but when that white gets out, they lose their birds, I promise you. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, right. That, that's just there's more area, and it goes back to I know where to go to not get shot until somebody finds me. Right. You know, uh, but, yeah, you're you're spot on with that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you, uh, do you think that there is a part of season where it's too late 
in regards to the White River coming up? I mean, the last week would be about it. Yeah. If it, if the the key, I mean, to me, the best absolute time for the White River to float out is around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. How long do you think it takes the ducks to find it or figure out what's happening? I'm gonna say uh, probably two days. Yeah, I yeah. I know that they can find that clean water fast. Well, they're they're and, following that, that edge, that well, edge it, of water as it moves down. That too, yeah. but I've I've noticed people that they'll have a dry field and they'll mm-hmm. flood it, and it's like the next day those ducks have realized there's fresh water over oh, here. Yeah. Right. We're going yeah. to it, right? Uh, so that it's just crazy how fast they actually can adjust to that. I wouldn't say two days of finding it, two days of birds gatherings. What I, I was right. Yeah. more so yeah. talking okay. about. Uh, let me ask you. So, do you did you used to have a? I say used to. I mean, did you had have you had a big itch for public land? I mean, I noticed you mentioned you missed stand next to a tree. I imagine because you're in a pretty nice blind. Welcome to Twenty One <laughs> Questions with yeah. Jonathan Morton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely a part of the public land that I love, right? Because it's competitive, so I'm right. competitive. Uh, but it comes to a point where you know you don't like some of the competitive stuff right. of it. But yeah, I love public land hunting, and uh, I, I'd say eighty percent of my time duck hunting's been on public ground. Yeah, except for last year. Yeah, last year, hundred <laughs> percent private. It was terrible. I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, the bacon, the bacon was bad. The pork chops that was pork, bad. The bacon was bad. <laughs> The biscuits. Oh, you I mean, told me you don't miss going to the gas station on the way to public. <laughs> no. Oh. And and what's funny is uh we had a schedule. So we'd always cook breakfast at eight thirty or nine, whether we're shooting them or not, you know, if we're done or right, whatever. Right. And there's something about you know, you talking about earlier getting up and going out and peeing whenever you're duck hunting. There's always right. gonna be a duck coming in. <laughs> right. Same thing when the bacon gets to sizzling. I don't know really? if they smell it here or uh, what. It seemed like every time the bacon, as soon as it starts sizzling, there's ducks coming. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, I had a question. Well, totally you got a whole forgot. list. Read I've got a whole list. list, but we're not like actually oh. on those things. <laughs> Section oh, section one a. Right. Go ahead. I've got, I've got a question. And I just no. I can't ask questions now. Barrett already no, made I fun of me. <laughs> yeah, do your thing. You've got the man here. I do. Ask my away. Thing. I had a hunting question. I oh totally forgot gosh. it. So, um, man, I okay. One question I got because uh, the last ep- or the episode prior to this was guns. I'm pretty sure. So, did you guys get to test out some new ammo last season? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That he's got. Tell us a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah. Uh, it's bad to the bone. Oh yeah, I saw some videos. <laughs> I, you know, I would have. I posted the video. Of course, I was filming it with my phone. Uh, it was uh, I can't remember if it was the veteran hunt or what. Anyway, uh, Apex Ammunition oh. is our new sponsor. Yeah. And they've been yes. they've been in the turkey game for uh, several years and have basically took that market over with. And I can see why, man. Right. That their shot shells and the turkey loads are the business. Really, and they. Do the business on the other end. I promise you. I yeah. shot geese with them, and I unreal, oh, unreal. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So what are you shooting what? What shot size and shell? Uh, last year I shot the S three, which is their steel. That's the majority of what we shot, just the steel, and I loved it. Uh, shot number fours. Now I did get to shoot some of their uh, special blends, and uh, Freddie's got one that got his has his name on it in a four ten. <laughs> yeah it's it's unreal like what you can do with a 410 uh, yeah but uh we shot a duck and it uh, had a crippled 
I'd say it's 80 or 90 yards, and I'm not exaggerating. Oh, I believe it. I mean, absolutely not. And he had a 28-gauge ethos, uh, Benelli ethos. And he's like, watch out. Let me over. I'm going to shoot that duck. And I looked at him, and I was like, there's no way. He's like, I got that super stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm just kind of laughing. I'm right. like, yeah, right. You know, 28-gauge, that's like 80 or 90 yards. And I kid you not, if you go back and find that video that I put, po- and now it's not good footage because it's with my phone. I think I remember it. But, man, I'm telling you, that shot string, rattle, and you know how hard it is to shoot a duck even close right, on, right. The, on the top of the water, and it just stoned it. <laughs> and I was like, unbelievable. Man. It was TSS, insane. the super yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, what I was shooot- that's what I was shooting at those geese. I mean, it was like cutting heads off of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I told them on the last podcast uh, – I have a, a friend in DeWitt that he reloads his own shells, and he got some TSS. Well, they shoot 10 gauges over there. So he has three-and-a-half-inch, two-and-a-half-ounce TSS number two mm. <laughs> in a 10-gauge mm. that he's going to be shooting <laughs> next year. <laughs> so how far do you think he's going to be shooting stuff? No, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. All right, so, so and I'm just going to ask it, uh, thoughts on shin waders? No he's comment. He's a Drake man. Yeah, he's uh, a Drake. They're sponsored by Drake. <laughs> I was just saying, if I could turn right. <laughs> Tyler, edit that out. Right. <laughs> hey, he caught it though. He said no, yeah. oh, no comment. <laughs> We've had a few comments on here about. Right. I want to get everybody's comment, but we haven't actually touched hands no, to him yet, yet, so no. we can't say for sure. Well, did you did you test out any other uh, cool products that are fairly new from last season? No, not that I can think of. The uh, Mud Buddy come out with a new uh, short shaft uh, motor, which I got to drive. Uh, Freddie has, and man, it's the closest thing you can, that has come out so far to being an outboard. Really, like you can cut. It doesn't have near the the handle torque. Really, you know, like when you're turning. Really, that, yeah, mm. it, it turns sharp. <laughs> it, it was fun. It gets up on plane quick too. Really, uh, mm-hmm. so your Mud Motor over outboard, or are you? Here's the thing. <laughs> Yes, it, it, being just a duck hunter, definitely mud motor, hundred percent. But I like to fish a whole bunch. Uh, so, well, yeah. we're talking just duck hunting. So if you <laughs> have to, if you had to choose, <laughs> right? Like if you, if we, if we well, you an outboard or a, a mud motor, what are you taking that day to uh, duck hunt? Mud motor, mud motor. Okay. Oh yeah, because okay. I mean, the thing about uh, outboard. Everybody knows you're going to have issues. You get mm. where you're trying to get to the ducks. It's going right. to be most of the time shallow. Number one, right. And number two, there's going to be all kinds of trash. So what mm-hmm. does trash do? Stops up your screen, stops up your water pump, and ended up overheating and causing problems. Or you know another thing is lower unit getting taken out. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, a mud motor. The only problem with a mud motor is noise, but they have started making steps yeah. into reducing right. that. Like the one that he had there had this new exhaust on as well, and it was like way quieter than right. the year past. So they're right. making progress in that, but, man, you can't beat them. I mean, just the ruggedness and what they're made to do, they're absolutely perfect for it. I, I, love, to, I love to see the the – commentary that goes back and forth between the outboard guys <laughs> mm-hmm. and the mud motor just because after, honestly like after running i mean i've run an outboard and then go into a mud motor i'm not going back to an outboard. oh absolutely i'm not. like this why would i go back there's this is, no reason yeah it's it, ridiculous it's so much easier to get in and out with them i mean it it's just 
If you ever use one for a week. Right. Now, the first two days, if you're an outboard guy, I can Mm -hmm. see it because it's a total different ball game. Right. You know, feel different. Oh, yeah. You got to learn it. But uh, you use it for seven days. I Mm -hmm. promise you, you will never, ever go duck hunting again with an outboard. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when you do go back with an outboard, you're going to be nervous running that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think the noise bothers the birds as much as what some people say it does? No. I I don't either. If you're going to be out there boo, 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 banging at them, I I think the noise is. The thing is, I've seen too many times when we're in the boat picking up cripples or ducks will come in when the boat's running. Right. Really? Yeah, and so absolutely not. I, right. I, I agree. I don't really see any issues with the moment. I don't want it to be loud. I would much prefer oh, yeah. for it to be quiet, but yeah. I really don't see the, the noise bothering them as well, much I mean, as what some crap, people say. I've seen outboards just as loud as the oh, mud yeah, yeah, especially them racing. Yeah. 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 So, well, hell, I saw y'all's, I saw y'all's uh, muffler was off. What are you getting, a voodoo? No. <laughs> We broke it. <laughs> it's not even duck season yet. What'd you break it with? We, we still run it. Oh god. Uh, yeah, uh, we we yeah. Well, it's a whole nother issue. We won't we won't we won't talk about it. Yeah. Though. Um, man. So I think, man, I don't even know where to go with this one. So growing up, going through high school and stuff, uh, before social media got really big outside of Facebook. Man, Freddie King was like the guy that I oh, always watched. I was like, yeah. man, I want to run into him bad in yeah. the public. I just want to, I just want to talk to him. Yeah. I, you know, always watch his videos and stuff on Facebook. You got any crazy boat running stories, public <laughs> stories with Freddie? Do you Too ride many. with Freddie? Too many? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd be, I'd I be like roller coasters and stuff. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I've I've uh, had some fun boat rides. Uh, I'll I'll tell you this. He is a Hundred percent bad to the bone boat driver. Yeah, uh, he would no, have to be, uh, no doubt. Uh, and you know, he catches used to catch a lot of slack and a lot of stuff he didn't do that was said that was done. A lot of times it wasn't even us. But right, you know, you know how that is. But uh, did he make people mad at times? Oh yeah, uh, several times I'm sure. But um, yeah, uh, I haven't had any like bad uh, boat rides with him, but. Uh, I'd say fun ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you hey, oh, go ahead. No, go nope. ahead. If you're listening to this, this is Caleb Smith, Freddie. I'd like to go for a ride on your boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I can tell you this. He, he he won't drive it like he used to. Really? He, he's finally gotten a little bit older, and I, I don't think he cares so much about uh, driving it that way. Right, yeah. right. Do you have any memorable hunts like that just, just top of your list? That you have to tell anytime you're talking duck hunting yeah. with your buddies. Yeah. You, you got some one-up stories? The go big or go home hunt. Okay. We was talking about it yesterday. It, it's And it, what's crazy is just think of how much Rick has hunted his life and how many times in hunts and places he's got to hunt, and it's on it's his number one, too. Really? Yeah. We, we had like, I don't know, at 14 to 18 people. Oh, my gosh. Good grief! Yeah, it, it was it was an insane amount of people. I can't remember the y'all number. loaded up on a school bus and went down there, didn't y'all? It, it, and it, the thing of it is, there was not a lot of ducks around at the time. Uh, there was just a few rafted up here and there. And uh, anyway, we got with a couple of groups of guys and that uh, had buddies, and we just basically all got together at this one spot and said, you know, 
we're going to go big or go home. We're going to set this thing up huge. Bring your decoys, bring your spinners. We're fixing to see what we can do. Because the stuff at the time, the birds during this time was not really using the area. They were just flying over it. Okay. So, and it's public ground. And so anyway, long story short, this, this place is probably. What it, year was this? This would have been long time ago. They were using spinners. I know that's what I was just. I was yeah, making yeah. sure we need to clear that up. Last year, I'm not sure. Exactly I wanted to clear that up because when he said bring your spinners, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure what year it was. Uh, I, I'd be lying if I tried to say. Um, but anyway, we we started calling that first light groups of 75 and 100 big groups, mm-hmm. big up, groups, big groups. And it would start hailing on them. And then they'd go way downwind. And then I guess, you know, they'd start really hearing us because mm-hmm. we're blowing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, then, man, that first one would cut. It was cut, catching up with them. Yeah, first one would cut back. And they would just lock their wings and just sail all the way down. I mean, these birds were high. And when I mean high, they were high. How many decoys y'all have out? <sighs> I'd probably say 12 to 15 dozen. Good grief. And we had a dozen spinners out. Uh, mm, three, like three jerk strings <laughs> so they knew it was a sanctuary <laughs> oh yeah <For> sure. <laughs> and, and everybody calling kicking water jerk string i mean it it looked it like sounded, the real yeah, yeah, it, it i mean like it, even thousands oh yeah, yeah yeah and man they would just cut and literally one, they'd make about two turns and the only reason they was making two turns is because they were so high they had to they make had the to, big mm-hmm, funnel down mm-hmm. and when they come in uh this this place was it, it's like an old logging road anyway oh. it's, it's only about 35 40 yards mm-hmm. wide and we're standing on one side of it so i mean and they yeah. were coming in and lighting and just we just wait for it to fill up and get them boys and they'd get up i know the first group we shot into i think we knocked down 25 or 20 <laughs> I mean, uh. it looks like a pillow fight. You, the, yeah. foot, the, right. footage, the footage is, is so low light because, you, you know, it's right at shooting right. time and stuff. Right. But, man, I'm telling you, it's just – if you it's in slow motion and everything, all cool, but it's just like if you just step back from the TV. Where's that video at? Uh, I'm trying to think of which uh, Mallard Madness it is. Uh, I, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but the name of the hunt's Go Big or Go Home. Okay. And it, it's on Duck Chatter. I uploaded it on Duck Chatter. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance, go watch it. But, yeah, like I say, Rick and I were talking about that today, and that's his most rememberable hunt. And, mm-hmm. and then the other one he had uh, was on the Black River, and he said they were just wearing them out. But uh, just how the, we worked the birds from the mm-hmm. distance they were. And, so y'all were running traffic, essentially, is what oh, you were yeah. doing. But that, you just made a sanctuary to, or look like a sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think we worked, I think it was four different groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. It wasn't a lot of groups, but the groups were huge. Big groups. Oh, oh, yeah. And just picking, trying to pick green. And just, oh, man, I'm telling you, it, it, I'll never, ever forget that hunt. It was, it was just unbelievable. Mm. And they awesome. were point blank. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. So what do you think the other people that was hunting that day thought when y'all cut loose on all those birds? Oh, well, uh, the <laughs> Facebook and social media. And <laughs> and uh, I talked to other people that didn't know it was us at the time. Like, man, you should have heard over there. It sounded like a military gun line. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, where at? And he's like, oh, you know, over there. Yeah, and where I, at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, over by the, uh, this spot. And I'm like. Wait, what day? He's like, he told me what day, and it's like, really? It's like they must have got into him. What huh? 
<laughs> oh, I never said yeah. it was us. Right. Yeah, that's a no-no. That's yeah. a true public hunter right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man, who, that's yeah. incredible. Who taught you to, to keep your lips shut when it comes to public hunting? <sighs> My buddy, Jason yeah. Uh, Coyne, yeah. Uh, you, you had to, man. Uh, here's the thing. We hunted a, where we lived at the, up there. There was a small management area. I ain't going to say the name of it, but we hunted, and it was real small, and it was mainly just him and I most of the time. And we would almost always kill our ducks. And people would get so close to us and try to beat us there. I mean, in this place, you didn't have to be there. You know, you you can go there any time. So we usually got there about, I'm going to say, 3 a.m. on average. And for the longest time, we didn't have no problem with people. But, you know, we got to having the reputation of us banging the ducks and killing our limits every time. So there was people trying to get our spot. Mm -hmm. So anyway, ended up, we started having to stay the night and, you know, just, (laughs) and then, and then I was like, you know what, this is a challenge. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to let them get our spot. We're going to go to a different spot and kill them over there. And Mm -hmm. we'd do that. It's just, it was, we knew the area and kind of how the birds work. And we still, now there was days where they would shoot, birds right uh, as well and there was days that we didn't but uh, the majority of the times that even if we let them get the spot we still shot our birds yeah mm-hmm. i bet that's a good feeling too i've had oh, a, yeah a couple of those scenarios <laughs> and it's also and it also too um do you kind of i don't want to i'll skip this one i'm not gonna ask no you can no, ask it and ask we'll it. just say no and no. And when we get back to the boat ramp, you know, everybody's trying to figure out who was doing the shooting, you know, if they don't know who it was. And, and of course, we never had our ducks visible. Right. Ever. That's a no-no. That's, <laughs> y'all got on to me one time. I told him one time on my podcast or on here that uh, I have a bass tracker that I have to use. I've had them suckers <laughs> nice. in the live well. You keep your trolling motor on? <laughs> I've used my trolling motor a bunch. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yes, boys. We're in shallow water. <laughs> No, I use the trolling motor picking up decoys. It's That's so fun. much easier. Boy, you, should, you should see the sick of wearing boys at the ramp in the right, bass tracker, right. boy. You ain't be missed in the hole. Yeah, I got my man Coda on here. <laughs> oh yeah, but no, I've had I've had them ducks in the live well and everywhere else. No, I didn't kill nothing. Yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah. What were you gonna ask? Nah, I forgot it. Oh, okay. And I, I and I, I don't want to lie. Like I would much rather somebody put, not ask me nothing. Yeah, I, right. I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to tell you, you know. And I, I'm not gonna tell you. So just don't ask. <laughs> just right. don't ask. No, we're gonna ask now because yeah. we make them feel bad about yeah. lying to yeah. us. <laughs> and there's people that do it. They yeah. just, they just want you to have to lie, you know. And, and I I now I, I don't do that. I just like did you, how many did y'all kill out for you? You're right. Yeah. yeah. It's just not a lie. I mean, you no, a few. Yeah. They don't know how many a few is, neither do I. Have you had like, any incidences out on public ground? You just say yes or no. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, who yeah. had there's been yeah. times, yeah. Oh yeah. Thought the knuckles was gonna fly over. Really? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. That's no fun. What do you think about four AM launches or whatever? You think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Absolutely not. I don't like it either. I, that's where all the problems started. Tell me your opinion on it, I'll tell you mine after that. There wouldn't be no boat racing if there was no 4 a.m. I'll just put it mm-hmm. like that. I agree. I I understand the not wanting to disturb the wildlife. Absolutely, I do too. But if you've got half a dozen to a dozen boats that want to leave and get out there the day before and spend the night, is that really bothering the birds if they're out there sleeping? Yeah, and, and there's not going to be a, a lot of those people. Now, no. the problem I do have with that way of doing it is the – people paying people to go set in the holes. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to, I have a problem with that. But, yeah. but 
as far as you being the person you're sitting there hole waiting for you to hunt the next morning, absolutely, I have no problem. That's wait, the way. wait, wait, wait. They're right. paying people to go sit and. Oh yeah, the, back mm-hmm. then there there was people the prime holes. There would be people paying kids to go sit in the holes until they got there. Jeez. Absolutely. Oh. How much were y'all paying? I mean, how much were they? No, paying? <laughs> never, absolutely never done that. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but there there's uh, I I haven't seen it or heard of it personally, but I know people that's talked about it and. That yeah. was a thing back then, yeah. So that's the only problem with that. But you can. I'd be this. I'd be ticked if they paid me to go sit in a hole and then I didn't get to hunt. Like they showed up and they're like, "Okay, take off, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. get out of here, kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your twenty bucks and yeah. <laughs> go back to the ramp." <laughs> but the the four a.m. deal is, uh, yeah, that's where the boat racing started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't like it either. I think if you're going to go out there and want to sleep sleep through it or whatever, more power to you. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't like. What do you think about the draw system, like at Raft Creek? I, I, I scares me to death to ever have to go to that. Man, it, it's 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 one of those things. It's a double edged sword, but I don't ever want to be there. Uh-huh. Uh, when I lived in Illinois, there was a spot that I found that was public that uh, was a draw system like that, and we would get up early. You know, you got to be there at five a.m. to be there to draw. Uh, and this place was different than like here. Mm-hmm. Like they had duck blinds on this place, and which was, I liked their concept. And if we had places like that here, that'd be cool. So basically, they had duck blinds, and every year you put your name in a hat, and they would draw, and whoever's name they drawed could have that area, that blind. Oh, okay. Now they're responsible hmm. for the upkeep, and they're responsible mm-hmm. for decoys. And if that person hunts every single day, that blind's never open. You have it for the whole year. Mm. Wow. But if they're not there at 5 a.m., it goes in the pool, and you get to hunt it. So oh, that, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, that's a good concept. Huh, that's a cool one. That's an interesting but concept, yeah. there was uh, mornings where we'd get up and go there <laughs> and had to turn around and go back home. Right. right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's not, that's not the fun part about it. That, that would be rough. I don't I don't know about the going back home part. I'd have to find somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess up there, there may not be as much public well, opportunity no, like here. I don't remember. Is is Raft Creek, is it 5 a.m.? I draw think there's a four. It's probably four. four. Yeah, yeah, I, think I think there's four. Yeah, I think so. Which, too. I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you show up at four and you don't get the you don't get your draw, yeah. I think you still have time to. Oh, I mean, yeah. You yeah. may not get a great spot yeah. somewhere yeah. on the river, right. but you still have time to get out there and, and get into something. Yeah. Right. So I think on the whole draw thing, especially for Arkansas, I think at whatever excuse Game of Fish needs to groom places better, closest, closer for more public land hunters. You know, like a place like Raft Creek. If there was like two more of those just stretched out, you know, just throughout the rest of the Delta, throughout Arkansas, I think it would be good. Um, I, I would like to see some WMAs that were afternoon only instead of everything's just in the morning. Oh, I'm with you. Really? Yeah. 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 I, I really do. I've never gone yeah. on an afternoon hunt. I, I you would. You can't because there ain't yeah, nowhere exactly. to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, and – uh I've had, man, I'm going to say out of, I don't know how many afternoon hunts, they've never been that good. I've had probably two or three that stick out to me that were really good, but all the rest of them are. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm also the person that it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay there till oh, 12. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Forrest, I'm just thinking, uh, hey, I can hunt all day if there's places like right. this. Yeah. Forrest and I were almost late coming out of a public area one day because Forrest just didn't want to leave. So <laughs> I, I hate leaving. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I got a I got a question for you. So, 
knowing the history of Rick and all the other guys that you hunt with that, you know, know all these public spots just from years and years of hunting years, I say years back two or three seasons ago, did you guys, when you guys did hunt public, did you guys do quite a bit of scouting or was it just, Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'd take turns, you know, or, um, like at the, I'll go back to when I was living up in Truman, I would scout my area up there and we would go to areas up there that I knew when right. I had burnt, you know what I'm saying? So right. once I was in, we uh, had a little bit more area to get away from, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other places to venture out that I knew that they, you know, I mean, they knew the places, but they didn't know the exact places right. that I hunted. So, right. Oh yeah. Uh, the more people you have in your crew that, uh, spreads the workload, you right. know, it'd be, right. we'd rotate out who gets to stay at the boat ramp and get in the line, right. and, you know, and, and spend the night there and, um, all that good fun stuff right did did it make you nervous like on your first hunt where you're like rick come over here i found birds did it make you nervous no uh actually rick uh nah the first uh, the first couple times he didn't uh now it was it made me nervous because i was telling freddie you know because he don't believe me he's he's like you're green but anyway (laughs) (laughs) i told him i'm like look we better be there opening day i'm just telling you we better be there He's like, oh, you. He said you're just saying that because you want to hunt by up by your place and whatnot. And I was like, I'm telling you, I'm going there. Yeah, <laughs> whether right. you're here, here or not. Here or not. Yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. he's like, oh, okay, yeah. And anyway, we we went to the spot and we burned them three solid days in a row. Good, mm. right. just yeah, burned them. Mm. Yeah, so I had my uh, trust after that. As far right. As, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I want to go into some calling contest stuff just real quick uh just because that's that's my thing and uh do you know your stats like uh, no do you know that stuff well i had to look it up on callingducks.com because i i'm into stats like i little backstory i played golf i was all about my stats that was i looked at that all the time and i knew like if i have 29 putts per round i'll shoot even or better every time didn't matter how i hit the ball that's how it's gonna be uh but anyhow right now you're ranked number six in the world no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> he has been really? up to number I didn't one. Know that. Yeah, he yeah. has been up to number one. I, I did know that because, uh, yeah. as far as I I know, as far as that's been going on, uh, I'm the only person ever to be ranked number one that's not been a world champion. Was, you you beat me to the question. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. I did not know that. So wait, where did you check those stats at? I didn't. Callingducks.com. Really? It has like as much contest stuff as he can put on there. He puts it on. Really? There. Yeah. It's 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 pretty cool. That is um, cool. I've never even heard. You I've can go back and look at all the. Like contests and who's won and how many right. you know past years. Uh, Jonathan many, uh, just qualified for the world. Lost. <laughs> We're getting to that. <laughs> We're getting to that. He qualified in Jonesboro. He 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 won the first contest. Yes, sir. And like I told y'all in the last podcast, I was the one person to get kicked out in the second contest <laughs> in the first round, which Jonathan was a judge. <laughs> blaming me. Yeah. All day I'm blaming you right now. I heard that. I don't know if you realized it, but they had eight people in the second contest. They said, we're going to cut one person to seven, seven in the <laughs> second you. round. And it was me. <laughs> but it was fine. I did terrible. I understand. Uh, but it, they said, here's your T-shirt. Go home. They didn't give me a T-shirt. I see, I see where this is going. This is punishment for Johnny now. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, uh. Okay. Um, let's see. 17 wins is what they have you at. Do you know how many times you won? No, but it's more than that. It's, there, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of contests that I've 
placed in and and one that's not on there. Yeah. And ever since the first time you qualified in 2009, you've qualified every year from the Worlds ever since? Every one except for when they didn't have it. Except for when they didn't have it last year, which, I mean, I, I just didn't count that one. Um, and this is a stat for y'all. You probably know this stat. But one, two, three, four, five, six times you've been top five at the Worlds contest. I didn't know it was that many. Six times, Dang, and you've qualified – 12 times. So half the time you've been at Worlds, you've been in the top five. Mm. Yeah, and the other times that uh, uh, a lot of the times I was actually winning the contest two of the times and yeah. had a bad mistake in the second round and cut me out of the contest. In the second round? Well, in the third round. In the third round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you did get second in 2014 to another Echo guy, David St. John. Yes, sir. How close were the points in that one? Because the I points aren't on there. I don't you remember? remember. I don't remember. You got second. You don't remember? Uh-uh. <laughs> that would eat me alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just eat me alive. I didn't want to know, probably, to be honest. <laughs> um, let's see. But, yeah, fourth, fourth, third, second, third, and fourth. Um, one of my other questions about the duck calling is, who do you think, other than yourself, is the best that's never won? Who would you have to put up there? Best that's never won the world? Yeah. Because you would probably have to be topping that list, to, if I'm being honest. You or uh, Tyler Merritt, which... That's who yeah. I was going to go with, Tyler yeah. Merritt. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd have to be him. Think so? Yeah, absolutely. Who Who do you think is the best that you've ever watched or listened to? <sighs> uh, I'm going to have to say Phil. Say Phil? Really? Phil Green? And he's still going. Yeah, he's still going. Which you did beat him in the one that you you <laughs> you won to qualify this year. Uh, do y'all over there know anything about this? Because no, I've been I yelling no it real quiet. So yeah, I I, uh, I never cared about competition calling until literally this year. Honestly, fishing with you, Forrest, and you talking about it, and it really intrigues me. But for someone who just is just into meat hunting and meat calling, like what is the deal with competition calling? Like, what are, like, what are you guys looking for? Like, how do you know if you're, like, if you're a, if you're a meat hunter, like, how would you even know if you should get into competition calling? Like, you might love it, but. It's the thing, the whole thing about competition calling, it lets you do something with duck calling other than during duck season. Right. So it's more of a, and it's competitive. And if you become a competition caller and stay with it and, 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 really get into it you're going to become a way better duck caller really yeah oh yeah well so well what i really mean by that question though too is like how what are what are calling competition judges looking for like is it like holding a note properly i mean what is it that they're looking that you guys are looking for you're looking for uh tone clarity volume and uh somebody taller than forest <laughs> yeah oh, <God. laughs> uh, that, that's the main things um and what you're trying to do is you're trying to paint a picture so right. when you're out duck hunting and you see ducks way off in the distance you start hailing at them right so that's your first three or four hails on a, on a competition routine is you're getting the ducks attention mm-hmm. they start coming in so you start doing your ducks and then you get to a feed call because they're getting close and you mm-hmm. think you're fixing to finish them and all of a sudden they kind of shy away so that's where your step up and your triple, you go back into a hell call because right. they're leaving right. and get them back. And then you do ducks again and then you go to a feed call and close out. So it's painting a picture. That's, gotcha. you know, you're trying to paint a picture just like hmm. in duck hunting, but you're doing it at a lot higher volume and right. a lot, lot longer 
exotic pace. So know? that scenario and, you said, is that like what's known amongst the competitors and the oh, judges? Yeah, this yeah. is the senior painting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. And that's, that's Main Street, yeah. which there's three kinds. There's Main Street and there's Meat, which they both kind of follow the same yeah. same format. Yeah. And then there's Live Duck, which is just random as really? many ducks as you can do in 60 seconds. Yeah, and you have to sound like real ducks. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's the real tone, not going too loud. Right. Uh, in my opinion, if I had to say like the most difficult to the easiest, I would say Main Street is by far the most difficult because it requires so much control from yes, top to bottom. Absolutely. Uh, and you really, f- you figure out how good you are with a duck call when you start trying to do the <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Next would be live duck because right. keeping that good tone and trying to sound like more than one duck and changing oh, yeah. the pitch or whatever, that's and very being, difficult. And be, the, the art of being a good live duck caller is being smooth in your transitions yeah. from ducks and yeah. making it not sound weird. Yeah. Right. And and then meat would probably be, I don't want to say the easiest because it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, it, you it, still have to be exceptionally good on a duck call to, to do those contests, but I would say it's the the quickest to pick up. And it's the most relaxed and the funnest. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's just, it, especially the two-man, having a partner, and, and, and it's fun. Yeah. You know? yeah. So the routine, like the painting the picture you just described, is that explained when you like if there's a competition that they say, "Hey, this is the competition. This is the paint, the picture you no. want us to paint," or is it just known? No, that's just known. I got you. Yeah. Okay, is there? Um, I'm sure there is, but like if someone is just like myself, I'm just a meat caller and I want to start competition calling. Where do I even find these competition calls? Like, what should I? I mean, you just said meat's probably the easiest one to get into, but is there like a amateur meat? They they oh, have yeah. novice yeah. meat yeah. contests, uh, and you can't blow in one of those if you've won a contest. Oh, cool! So yeah, they they have those, uh, and that's just using your hunting calls. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Callingducks dot com is where you find a lot of your uh, contest really? calendar. Your right. a lot of the contests uh, are on there. Uh, that's the main spot to find the stuff. Do you guys have a specific contest you guys would recommend somebody like myself to get into? Like, if you're going to do a contest, the first contest you should go into is this event that's usually held. Any novice contest you can find. I really? mean, depending on meat calling or competition calling, uh, that'd be the route. And a lot of your outdoor sporting goods stores, a lot of them will have them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, some of them have them annually. Some of them don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the qualifiers for the world are all pretty yeah. uh, standard. Scheduled. Yeah. Scheduled out. Uh, I have one more question before. You know, okay. I'm, I'm pretty much done with my questions. But if you could, if you could pick one person, past or present, to hunt with that you've never hunted with, who would it be? Duck commander. The duck commander, Mr. really? Phil Robertson. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you could make that happen. I think I could because I I know several people that know and yep. know them, and you know, but I it's just that's an awkward thing, you know. Oh, yeah. I think you should do it. <laughs> I think you should do it because, uh, man, I can't. I used to watch his VHSs. Oh yeah. I mean. Learn uh, what's the name of that art of uh, commanding ducks or mm. whatever? Yeah, and just yeah, I watched a lot of his stuff and really enjoyed it, and yeah. I still watch his stuff to this day. I, I like listening to their their podcast that that Jace is on, and, and I think Phil's on there too. I like listening to that one. I listen to that in the mornings going to work. Uh, I would if I had to pick one of them to hunt with, I'd want to hunt with Jace. Jace seems like he'd yeah. be a blast to hunt with. But if I had to pick someone to hunt with, it'd be Freddie. Be Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you this, um, and it's my favorite question to ask everybody, but your favorite story to tell, whether it's hunting related or not, is there anything? So like, I I know most of these guys have a story that they're going to tell. In fact, I know what Forrest is because we laugh at it all the time. 
if Tyler were here, I know what his is. There's one that I go to all the time. But like, if you're sitting down with a group of guys around a fire, like, and everybody's telling stories, what story are you telling? Oh, uh, nothing comes to my top of head. Really? Off the top of my not right at the. You got me on that one. Every uh, time you ask uh, that question, I know, right? I, I, nobody ever just, can Honestly, we always have to explain it too. Like, explain so it a something further. funny. It, it's whatever. Like so, like I, we all kind of have our go to. I, I, I can tell you. I can, I can recite for a story <laughs> word for word I because I've heard I, it. I yeah. got one. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm hunting with the Echo Crew at this time. Probably this is maybe my sixth or eighth time. Okay, we're at Rick's cabin. Tyler Merritt. His boat's at the cabin, and my buddy Jason, which got me into ducking, he's going hunting with us, I think, the first time. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, he gets there, and uh, we're waiting on Tyler Merritt. we got all the decoys ready. Everything's ready to roll out, and I start calling Tyler. He's he's not he's late, you know, and I'm like, calling him, calling him, calling him. I'm like, come on, Merritt, why aren't you answering? And finally, he answers, hello. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, I said, where you at, brother? He's like. Man, I just woke up. I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, no, man. And I'm like, uh, well, you're not gonna make it in time. He's like, I know. He said, y'all go on without me. I'm like, I'm like, but we need your boat. He's like, it's there. Use it. And I'm like, who's gonna drive it? He said, you are. And I was like, I don't want to drive your boat. I've never driven your boat. I, I and I don't know where we're going. He's like, I'll oh, just follow Freddie. And I'm just like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so at this point, it's a 50-horse uh, two-stroke on XL. And uh, anyway, we get it put in, and I start following Freddie. And I don't know if he's just being Freddie or if he's forgot that I've never been where we're going. <laughs> I mean – Here's the thing. You know how it is in the dark. Even right. if you've been yeah. somewhere, it's difficult oh, it's, to go back. Find it. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so I'm trying to go somewhere I've never been in the daytime. I've never been here. So I'm trying to keep up with him. He's running mud motor, okay, and we're uh, running three-quarter throttle. My buddy's laying in the front of the boat, and uh, Freddie's done taking off again. So I twist down on the throttle. I'm at three-quarter throttle, but almost wide open at this point. And there's a hard bend in, in where we're at. And I smoke a log. And Fre 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 Freddie had just went right through there, but he's got the mud motor. Right. He yeah. never touched it. Yeah. So here I am in somebody else's boat, and I think it – I mean, it's it, the tiller handle digs in the bottom of the floor oh, of the boat. No. It's Gosh. running wide open. <laughs> we're headed straight for a tree. So I turn around and literally – I mean, force this motor with my right hand as hard as I can and get it unhung the second big push just in time to get the prop back in the water to keep us from hitting the tree. My buddy's eyes were like, <laughs> I mean, this was a big tree. It was about to be bad. Yeah. So anyway, missed the tree narrowly. And at this time, by this point, Freddie's out of sight. Oh, my God. So I turn off the motor. To listen. to listen yeah trying yeah. to and oh okay he's that way so anyway i'm running even faster now and i'm just thinking i'm i'm gonna break this motor in half but i gotta keep because he has no idea i'm not behind him anymore. right so anyway i finally catch back up to him he's like where'd you go so he turns off and i started yelling at him i'm like dude i'm like 
I don't know where we're going. You cannot run off and leave me. I like, I just smoked a log and almost hit a tree. <laughs> he just started laughing, you know. He's like, that's why I drive this mud motor. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And here I, and I uh, got back from hunting. We shot the birds and whatnot. And I called Tyler, and I'm like, man. I said, I think I might have tore your motor up. <laughs> He's like, he said, what'd you do? Hit something? I said, oh, I hit something. I said, you got a spot where your tiller handle in the bottom of your boat. I said, there's a, there's a little dent there. And I said, the prop looks fine and everything. But I was like, man, I don't know. He's like, oh, it's insured. It's okay. He said, it's my fault. I didn't show up. Oh, my gosh. It's his fault. Yeah, that's right. exactly right. Mm. Oh. Y'all got anything else? Man, I could. I don't know how much more time we got. I got a bunch of questions there. We're at one fifteen. One fifteen. Oh, ask away. Let me ask you one more again. Go ahead. Calling. I'm really intrigued with calling. What's kind of your take on how you should call early throughout till late season? Ooh, uh, early deep question. Yeah, yeah, because it, like I was uh, talking about earlier, a lot of people have the late season mentality. And, the, you know, as far as you got early season birds, you got mid season and late season. Right. It all depends on the year, the weather. Right. Of what kind of ducks, you know, water situation, all that pressure, all that coincides and decides how the duck reacts. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's almost, you know, a day by day thing, but more, even more so a, a group by group. Right. You, you know, you get a feeling once you read ducks, how they move the wings are the telltale sign. Whenever you call at them, if their wing beat changes, changes at all, right? I mean, you've got their attention. As right. soon as you see them slow down or they get the little small, little mm-hmm. just the tips of the wing, but if they do absolutely nothing. You got to change it. You, you, yeah, absolutely. Who who have you hunted with that you think is just really good at reading birds? I mean, Rick's he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Freddie's good. Uh, I would say either one of them is, yeah. is really good, yeah. Uh, Rick more so, I would yeah. say. How long do you think it took you to really get to where you're confident read birds? Or are you confident read birds? Oh, I'm yeah. Not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to say I was probably – I started duck hunting when I was probably 13. Yeah, I was 13. No, I was younger than that. Uh, it's about 10. So I, I called my first ducks in when I was probably about 13 or 14 myself. And, man, you don't talk about a, right. a good feeling. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say when I felt absolutely confident, I'm going to say I was probably about 17. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. way faster than me yeah. <laughs> i started when i was 11 i'm 33 now i'm still not confident well uh, watching I, them dirt that gun birds when i was uh 14 and 15 i was guiding for a club uh, uh over in uh over by wiener and uh, up toward jonesboro and they had a big duck lodge so i was taking grown men duck hunting at that time and right um uh, i just as much of it i could get you know yeah and and that was my whole thing and you know watching phil robertson's videos on because he had a big spots in there about reading the ducks and stuff and just constantly trying to learn. And every time put that in my, my hat, you know, every time something does different, works different and just keep it in there, you know? 
I know this is a very broad question again when it comes to calling, um, and it depends on a bunch more, you know, a lot of variables. But what do you think? Have you have you had have you seen more success with a big group of good callers or just one or two good callers? Big group, yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, and the reason being because uh, it's more natural, right? I mean, if you got just say you got twelve dozen decoys. And uh, if you go listen to a field of ducks, you don't just hear one duck. Exactly. I mean, so you got more people. The only problem with more people is if you ain't got your people all on the same page, that can be a problem. Right. But when you hunt together enough and you, you get used to everybody and uh, reading the ducks and you got somebody that leads and, you, you know, everybody follows suit, uh, you got a real game changer. Right. And, and the only bad thing about having more people is it kind of narrows down places you can hunt, though. Right. Because you got to have them hid. So if you ain't got good concealment, you're not. I don't care what you blow at them. They see you, they ain't coming. Right. And and I'll reiterate on the uh, whole reading the ducks thing. There's more to killing ducks, way more by reading the duck than bl- uh, calling. Right. Calling is very minimum. Reading the ducks is what gets you. Oh, the ducks. for sure. Yeah. Mm. For oh, sure. I mm-hmm. completely agree with that. I've I've hunted with people that aren't as skilled with a duck call as what I feel like I am, but they can read the birds oh, way yeah. better than me, and oh. I've put the duck call in my pocket because I'm like, I, they're seeing something I'm not. I'll, I'll yeah. let them do it. Because my uncle is one of them. He's he is one that I think is very very good at at reading bird at reading birds. Yeah, and the you know you have the caller or the guy that's really good on the duck call, and I know one back before I started contest caller, and he was a contest caller and. We hated to hear him out there on public ground because he never stopped calling. And right. I, I, just terrible, just nonstop. I, I mean, have an idea who that might be, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> I mean, if he was out there and the duck blind was around, I mean, it was he never stopped. I mean, just really. I, I understand that now being a competition caller, yeah. but still, I, I would never do that out. And, you know, we kill more ducks than he did. I've got one more question for you. Then uh, you brought it up with the camo thing, which you're Mossy Oak. You have Mossy Oak Pro Staff yes, shirt sir. on right now. So what Mossy Oak camo is your favorite? Bottomland. Bottomland? Yeah. Everybody's a bottomland. Mm-hmm. It's I, I, <laughs> like tree bark. I will tell you my new favorite is that the Terror. Have you seen it? I have not. Is that new? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, um, it's got some mountainy, some rocky stuff in it. Okay. And uh, I have a cabin up in by Hardy. Of course, I turkey hunt and stuff up there. Man, the the ground and layout up there, yeah, it you it makes you disappear. I, I mean, it's good. We talked about this on our last episode, but Buck Brush is probably my favorite. Uh, I don't know exactly why. I just I think it I think it hides better. But I know everybody likes bottom lid. Yeah. Well, my last my last question: <laughs> Do you guys shoot the woodies or pass them up first? Oh, that's in the morning? a good question. <sighs> 95% of the time, we never shoot one. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you'll never hunt with Freddie over there, Caleb. I don't shoot Woody. <laughs> what? I always shoot Woody <laughs> to make y'all feel better because hey, I know we ain't killing any mallards. This is coming from a guy that shot two geese in the timber this year. Uh, yeah. Now, now uh, when we were hunting public all the time, we used to, I mean, you hate to hear woody shooters. Right. Because it's, it's messing up mallards. I mean, there's just no way around it because woodies fly first. Mallards are flying. They're just not working yet. They're getting up and they're milling around. Right. They're not going to come to somewhere where there's something going bang, mm. bang. It just, the, you know, so the, the woody shooting, it used to drive us nuts. Right. 
I will I will help speak for the public land hunters of the past few seasons. When you don't got much green out there, you don't got much other option. That's why I said 95%, because the other 5% is whenever there ain't nothing but wood ducks. Right. You better be shooting the wood yeah. ducks. But then again, maybe public's getting worse because everyone keeps on shooting the damn wood ducks. Uh, maybe. maybe. Might be right. Might be right. I don't know. Duck's a duck to me. <laughs> We're those poor wood duck shooters that y'all hate. Hey, wood ducks are fun to shoot. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it really does. It, it, it will cut down on the number of mallards, I promise you. Mm. We're going to test that theory a couple times. If we don't shoot anything, you're, you're, we're going to be yeah, calling call you. Yeah, call me. You're going to get a phone right. call. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to tell you? Hey, at least you saved some wood ducks for somebody else. Right. <laughs> oh, y'all got anything else? You shoot you a big buck when you're in living in Illinois? I did. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I shot it at eight steps. Mm. And it was, it was a very cold. It was like, I'm going to say negative 13. Jeez. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, it was miserable. So I, I'm walking to my stand, and it's probably about a 200-yard, two, 250 from the house to the stand. And uh, it's north wind is blowing out. It's fast. It, it's hard wind. And my eyelids or, or my eye, my eyelashes. I, I'm not making this. I'm not making this up. Were freezing when I was blinking. Like I had ice crystals on my. And I'm like walking against it in the snow. And I'm like, I ain't gonna make it to my stand. I'm gonna be froze by the time I get there. Uh. So I stop probably a hundred yards from my stand. And I kid you not, I sit down and get behind a tree out of the wind with the sun on me. And I'm just like trying to recuperate because I mean I'm miserable. It's like I ain't even made it halfway. It feels like. This big buck chasing a doe under my stand, around my stand, under my stand, around my stand. I'm like, mm. that figures, you know. I'm saying, I had to sit here and watch this. And <laughs> Got like my so, eyebrows, uh, my eyelashes. Yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it, it was miserable. So, so, so uh, I start walking that way, and I climb up in the stand, and I hunt for probably thirty minutes. It, I'm going to say, but it felt like three hours because mm -hmm. it, once I got up in the wind, like hundred percent, oh, yeah. it was 13. on a metal. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was cold. So I get down, I'm freezing, walking back to the house. I'm like basically giving up at this point, but there's a spot by right by the highway. And it, what's crazy, the, it has an underwater culvert pipe goes underneath the highway and then the house that i was staying in was there so i would actually walk through the culvert pipe it was that big oh, that's cool i'd walk through it instead of going over the highway you know i'd walk through it and go up so the creeks froze over and uh and i've seen i found antlers there it's real thick right around it mm -hmm. and little saplings and and i'd been noticing that all these rubs on the trees and i'm like you know what? i'm gonna slip in that creek and just see if something's bedded with it being this nasty you know that hot doe had that one so literally, I get probably I'm gonna say thirty yards from that culvert pipe, and I see something like move, looks like a rabbit, like pop out of the buck brush. So I just stand there for a minute, and I'm like waiting to see if it runs out or nothing. And, and all of a sudden, I see this head with humongous rat. He look pulls his head down and looks at me through a little gap in the buck brush and just stares at me. He's bed, he's completely bedded up. <laughs> And I'm like, no freaking way. He's right here by the house. I mean, like, I caught you sleeping. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm going to walk toward him a little bit closer, you know, and just see what he does. So I get within eight steps of this deer, draw the bow back, got a little bitty triangle where I, and 
to put it in the perfect spot. Whack, nailed this thing, right? Jumps up, my arrow is sticking out, so it didn't make good penetration. He's running through saplings that are about this big around, and I'm talking when they're this close together. Yeah. Uh, like, he shouldn't be able to run through them. But right, he, right. he is bending them like grass. He's just cracking them over. Yeah, yeah. running through it, right? And uh, can't find my arrow. I look, and what's, what's crazy is you, in the snow, all of a sudden he stopped bleeding. You know, because he should have been easy track, but the, I start looking for just tracks in the snow, and there's all these tracks from deer right. been using the, and can't find him, can't find my arrow. So I look, we look for him for two or three days, never find him, never find him. So uh, I was staying with my wife's, we were living with my wife's uncle at the time. That's his house, and anyway, we moved back here, and he sends me pictures mm. of this deer, and. He had a big scar where I shot him, and it's um, it's a shape of a pinwheel. So he had really? that arrow wow. in him for a long wow. time, and he would when the pit. I wish I had the picture of it. So he was twice the size when he sent me the picture than he was when I shot him. So he, it didn't kill him. It, it just crazy. got a big old scar where it's yeah. It's yeah. an incredible scar. Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Have you? Uh, do you have the itch yet to go try to shoot you an elk? Or have you? I would love to. Yeah. 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 I want to. Me and my son, he, he wants to go this year. He's like, Dad, we need to go. I'm like, man, I want to. We'll see what can happen. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how. I'll, I'll, we'll have to look into it. I don't know how that works. I don't right. know if you can get, like can just go buy a permit. I don't think so. I think you got to draw. Or I right. Save your trip, man. You got you to gotta do a trip. I know. That's, that's what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what he wants to do. Awesome. So you got a you got a son that's a senior? Yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah. I bet he's a, he's probably a big hunter. Too, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 He loves bow hunting. Uh he shoots his bow a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all got little kids. I know we're all excited trying to get them in the hunting yeah. and duck hunting and everything. Yeah. I, You're like not I, like no, I am. I am. <laughs> Very serious I when know. he goes hunting. Yeah. <laughs> no no I, room for kids. Yeah, I don't take kids with me. We're, we're out there to hunt. We ain't take kids with us. Uh, I was telling him, man, enjoy them while they're small because oh, it goes yeah. by fast. Mm-hmm. Man, soak That's it up. Sure. So fast. That's but, for sure. Well, I'm. Um, Dude, this has been incredible. I agree. I've, I've, I've loved, enjoyed it. I've loved having Johnny Duck Call on the on the show with us. We're gonna wrap it up. Call it a night. It's a good. It's after ten o'clock. Hey, you know, so. I wanted to propose something. I would love for you to come back mid season. Mid season oh, and give us yeah. a mid season right? report. Yeah. That would be All cool. Right. Keep we'll your duck numbers and we'll compare. All right. And, and your pins. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to see your locations. Yeah. <laughs> just, for, just for science. By yeah. the way, wood ducks count for 100 points. Mallards are only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Jonathan Morton, it's been awesome. Thanks awesome, for coming man. on, Thanks, man. Dude. Thanks for having me. We're, uh, we're going to see you all later. Um, yeah, awesome. Y'all follow us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever else we're at. I don't know where we're at. Yeah. Go follow y'all check us out. Yeah, go follow Echo. There, yeah. <laughs> best customer service you can find. Yeah, I mean they come on a podcast to talk to you. Nah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's incredible. All right, guys, we'll talk to y'all later. Later. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>